1: Hi friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging the puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have here in the U.S. This is episode number 87 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Ken melvoin Byrne,
2: And I'm Sunny Megatron.
1: And I could not be more excited this week. We talked to my number one favorite adult performer, Larkin Love. Now, known for her 32 j breast and fierce black bob, Larkin Love has gone from adult star to self-made entrepreneur, running her own website and becoming the queen of the Clips universe. She's the master of roleplay and always the chameleon going from kinky mom to librarian to cosplay characters like superheroine Power Girl and League of Legends, Ari, and more. Larkin was a librarian and holds a bachelor's in psychology. She started in adult as a stripper and nude model. Back in 2011, she leaped into hardcore, working with all the top-shelf studios and racking up multiple AVN nominations. In 2018, she won the Triple Crown for Best Clip Artist from the Alt Porn Awards, XBiz Cam Awards, and Inked Awards, as well as grabbing nominations from the Inked Awards, AVN Awards, and Pornhub Awards. She's graced the covers of Hustler, Taboo, and All-Star magazines, was spotlighted as the centerfold and feature in Leg Sex magazine and Hustler's Taboo, and scored mainstream coverage with Complex.
2: So I really enjoyed getting to know Larkin during this conversation. And well, first of all, I always enjoy hearing Ken fanboy out and turn into a pile of goo. It was irresistibly adorable. But secondly, I really enjoyed the portion of our conversation where Larkin explained the psychology of mommy doming and that taboo nature of incest play, Plus, her insecurities when first exploring that part of herself. Those things are really intriguing to me. We also delve into internet censorship of taboo fetishes and how she and other performers are dealing with it. We talk about the business behind establishing an online fetish identity and marketing yourself, body shaming and dealing with overly critical fans and followers, Her incredibly creative and amazingly bizarre, and bizarre is a term of endearment because you know I love the bizarre, custom clips like the classic, epic, space wank, and more. But before we get to Larkin, hey American fuckers, you know what time it is, right? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patriot family.
1: And I want to give a shout out to the folks that joined our Patreon family this week. Big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Amelia and Lauren for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon supporters this past week. You are now officially American fuckers. We appreciate it so much. And we couldn't do this podcast without you and your financial support. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you all so much.
2: If you're wondering what all this Patreon stuff is about, go on over to patreon.com slash American Sex. There you'll learn how to become an American Sex podcast member. And not only does your membership help support the show, you get lots of awesome perks like bonus stories from our guests, extra full-length episodes, American Sex podcast stickers with a new design coming soon, by the way, Uh, personal video greetings, random surprises in the mail, and a whole lot more. Oh, also, real quick, American Fuckers. Do you listen to Sex Out Loud? It's a sex podcast hosted by award winning author, speaker, sex educator, and filmmaker Tristan Tiramino. She interviews leading authors, educators, artists, and icons and gives you an uncensored inside look at alternative sexual practices and communities. Tristan delves into topics from the popular to the taboo, including erotic fantasies, BDSM, non-monogamy, the adult industry, and more. Plus, she answers your questions on the air, sharing her 15 years of experience and honest, down-to-earth, sex-positive advice. And Ken and I, we were even on an episode talking about the offbeat elements of kink. I'm going to play a trailer for Sex Out Loud after our guest conversation, and I'll leave a link to it in our show notes. So please go check it out.
1: Okay, friends, get ready for the one, the only, the amazing Larkin Love. All right, American fuckers, we are here today. And I have to say, for the first time ever, I'm fucking nervous because we have my favorite adult star, cam girl, cosplay artist, a business aficionado, uh, like she wears so many different hats, and I'm going to just ramble and turn into a pile of goo. We have lurkin' Love here today. Oh my God, it's Larkin' Love. Okay, I'm, I'm turning red right now.
3: <laughs> you guys are giving me so much to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me.
2: Well, thank you for being here. I just, I love seeing him as a, a pilot. I'm having some like compersion right now. I, like, I know. Aw. We're both
1: tops and it's yeah. like, it's, it's, we have a very interesting life and interesting relationship. We're poly, we're into BDSM and all that stuff. And right now I just feel like, I, I don't even know.
2: You're a fanboy.
1: I'm a fanboy. I'm a fanboy. Yes, I'm a fanboy. It's lurking love it. for fuck's sake.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. It's good for my ego. I can use a stroke now and again.
1: So first of all, congratulations on your wins for uh, Best Clip Artist uh, for 2018 for Alt Porn. You got XBiz, Inked Awards. Um, You had so many awards in 2018 and very, very well deserved, by the way. The one thing that I have been increasingly a fan of is your ability to do all sorts of amazing customs. And this is the thing that probably makes you my favorite adult star of all time is everything from Power Girl To Elvira, but like you've also done some just amazing stuff like the Dungeons and Dragons one that you did. Like just like I'm guessing you played (laughs) D&D from the amount of knowledge that you had on there before you weren't just like looked at a book for three seconds and faked it because it seemed like you had an extreme amount of D&D knowledge. Am I wrong there?
3: Um, you're you're not wrong. Actually, the funny thing about that, let me nerd out for half a second is the original scene was written to be a Dungeons and Dragons themed scene. But unfortunately, the props that were needed for that did not arrive. We didn't even have, um, you know, the, the books or anything. So I changed it to be Pathfinder. Which is a lesser known. Oh, we talk used to play gaming. Pathfinder. So we oh, play, oh we yes,
2: play Pathfinder. yes, we're okay. Pathfinder geeks. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: yeah, because so many people use the PDF manuals, and we, I decided to make it about character creation instead of actually trying to play, <laughs> because of the limited amount of props that we had. So, yep,
1: <laughs> I, I didn't even notice the lack of props. I just, you know, you you started talking about Pathfinder and role playing, and just, you were doing character creation and. Then sex happened, and it was awesome.
3: You are happily, I am happily outed as a nerd here.
1: So, oh my god, you're you're in such good company with us. Like that's the you know one of the other things I love about you, and I'm I'm going to tell you all the things I love about you throughout this interview. (laughs)
2: Welcome, welcome (laughs) to the things we love about Lark and Love podcast. Like everybody
1: knows, everybody knows (laughs) her tits, everybody knows her tongues, but she's the biggest sapiosexual out there. And I think that I wanted to start a little bit with talking about. Uh, Maybe some of the the fetishes that you like doing scenes of and taboo fetishes seem to have a predominance in a lot of your videos, especially like the stepmom or pregnancy fetishes.
3: Oh, yes. Um, So taboo fetish is something that features heavily in my personal fantasy and sex life as well as in my work. But for me, it's less about actually wanting to be a mother but but playing a an almost like divine female archetype if that makes sense a lot of my mommy roles that i play are dommy mommy roles and there's something truly magical about tapping into that primal instinct of obeying this superior female that has the power to create you and potentially you know on the sinister side of that destroy you Um, i like The psychological tap-in of having someone regard me as the mother figure. It's Oedipal and it's weird and it's it's filthy and it's very breast centric and it can be very nurturing or extremely cruel and there's so many angles to take mommy you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. From from an erotic standpoint, it's, it's a fascinating pathway into the depths of the human psyche that I can't get enough of, especially being a top. I love being dommy mommy best of all.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> I know, I'm also, I'm, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also uh, I love being a mommy dom. So I'm completely with you on that. Question for you, though, how did it develop? Did you immediately when you started, you know, being kinky and doming, were you like, yes, this is my role? Or did you slowly slide into it and warm up to it? This is going to be
3: freaking wild to hear. Um, I had resisted playing that role with subs and bottoms and and partners, etc, or even on camera for many, many years. And it was finally a generous custom video offer that, made me change my mind. Even I was caught up in the societal taboo of it all to the point that I didn't want to admit that I found a role like that fascinating. So I took it on as a gig and as I was performing it, I realized that I enjoyed it. And then once I put it out for public sale, I realized I didn't really care as much about what people thought. I I had always been trained to not see myself as one of those you know taboo fetish people those incest fetish people but i realized (laughs) as i performed it it was so much bigger than that that was just scratching the surface of what it could be yeah if that makes sense the psychological implications of what i was doing and what i could potentially do in the role of archetypal mommy became clear to me so within a couple of weeks i'd shot a few dozen scenes that um, fall under taboo fetish some with power exchange themes some not um and i found that i just got better and better at it i sank more and more into it wanted to investigate more and it became a big part of who i am as a performer and it began to feature in my personal life too
2: Mm, yeah you know (sighs) It's interesting to me because you know everyone listening right now, which we call our listeners American fuckers. So American fuckers, if you're like I don't know, but like where you were, you know, before you start, I don't know about this incesty kind. It's kind of weird. Dah, dah, dah. Larkin just summed up exactly what it's about, and it's actually not kind of weird. However, Larkin. I am very disgruntled because I've noticed on the Internet, especially with payment processors lately and all of the things that are, you know, the taboos that are now becoming even more taboo. Um, I've noticed in places on the Internet, you can't say that you do mommy play anymore. are And you are a prolific filmer of all sorts of clips and whatnot. Are you finding that to be a problem to just get your damn work done and, you know, get your rocks off because it's what you actually like? to do and how you like to play
3: it has become problematic Um, and and the worst part of it too is depending on what payment processor certain sites are using or certain uh, adult payment processing intermediaries are using the rules can change so for example on i want clips uh you used to have it used to be okay but now taboo is not allowed but you can still call yourself mommy On my pay site, I run that through Model Centro. You used to have to not spell the word mommy with an O. I would put a zero to foil up. (laughs) That's so smart. But now it's totally fine. Like, it doesn't matter now. Or I used to have to say step mommy when I was running a a pay site through Veritel. You know what I mean? Like, the, the rules are just constantly different and constantly changing. And in the end, there's absolutely no harm if it's the I'm not having sex with my son. I'm sitting here doing a role play. It's ridiculous in the first place. Well, you think
2: about how many people say daddy, you know, daddy's become cool now. Everyone calls their lover, their husband, their boyfriend, their, oh, daddy. Their wife,
1: their girlfriend. Yeah, and their wife,
2: your girlfriend. But in in, like mainstream culture, what is it? Jeff Goldblum. Oh, he's daddy. He's daddy to everybody. He's He's daddy daddy to the world. It's like. (laughs) (laughs) But with mommy, mommy,
3: it's. Mommy is always going to be more taboo, I think, because people have a—it's uh, kind of like a Madonna whore complex, but it's—it's it's like a mommy versus whore complex. It's a purity thing, I think. Uh, women get assigned into categories like that based on whatever societal roles they happen to have, or like we don't view mothers as sexual, or it's—it's it's considered wrong for some reason to view mothers as sexual, but at the same time there's the whole milf phenomena it's it's a bizarre roundabout of hypocrisy and stupidity i I think it's silly i think there are plenty of things worth considering from a moral standpoint as a payment processor i think uh taboo role play is one of the more ridiculous things that have been under scrutiny so that's my take
1: Oh, for sure. Um, wh- wh- one of the things that I'm a huge fan of is pregnancy fetishes. And I know that I've seen you do some some breeding fetishes before. Have you ever done any pregnancy fetishes with uh, like a latex, like tummy or anything like that?
3: Just put out my first one in the yeah. last month.
1: Did you really? What? Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. timely.
2: We're like promotionally psychic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Again, uh, a custom video. Came in and the guy bought me the prop, which was, it set, set me back something like 600 bucks or something. It's really Jesus. realistic. Wow. It's, yeah, it's a full-on prosthetic. Um, but he paid for it. So, you know, I now have this prosthetic. And there will be more of that in the future. But that video is on my membership site right now, larkinlove.com. Um, it's also at the top of my many vids. Larkinlove.manyvids.com if people want to find it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, one of the things about most of your websites that I have always noticed is what a good bargain you actually put out there for everybody. And I don't say that lightly, but you've done everything in the past from giving like lifetime memberships to your snap uh, to uh, like just half off to having like a Skype date with fans. Like you're just amazing when it comes to how you respond to your fans. Uh, Can you talk a little bit more about that?
3: I always try to have some kind of promotion going on, one thing or another. I have really diversified income streams, so that's going to vary tremendously depending on what people are clamoring for or what I feel like I wanna share with people. Um, But every year I always do a big Cyber Week sale, and every year before that, in the year, sorry, I'm going backwards in the year in my head, um, I do major sales during the entire month of October because my birthday is Halloween and I like to treat it like a month long party. So I usually knock 50% off of uh, my Snapchat, my membership site, all kinds of things like that for the duration of that. Um, Every couple of weeks or months, I'll do something either with a promotional code for many vids, or I raffle off, physical objects and big content packages and Skype dates and like all kinds of other stuff <laughs> There's always something going on. Oh and in my cam shows. I have a prize wheel. I'm always giving out uh, like used panties and Polaroids from the show and You know uh, a video under X amount of dollars on my clip site. So the best way to keep up with this insanity because I, I guess I kind of like running a constant carnival for my fans <laughs> 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 is to stay up with me on Twitter. It's yeah. the social media that I use the most. And if there's some kind of promotion going on, I will obviously be talking about it a lot and usually have it pinned.
2: Ah, so good yeah. to know. So now you mentioned diversifying income streams. And I like you because you are a smarty pants. You used to be a librarian. You have a psychology degree. And I'm like, oh. And also, you know your shit when it comes to business, um, specifically when it comes to adult business. So and I know you've been like giving classes and whatnot about how to keep making money and to stay relevant in the adult industry. So tell me about that a little bit.
3: Um, I've been teaching a class called uh, Fetish Brand Bootcamp, which is about establishing a firm identity as an independent content creator, particularly in the realm of fetish, Mm -hmm. um, since that's my expertise. Uh, Last time I did that was at FetishCon this past year, and it was pretty, pretty well received. There were a lot of new people in there who picked up some Um, tips and info on how to strengthen their identity online. It's a big market. Adult is a huge market, and it takes a lot to stand out while still choosing a form of digital persona and and a way of doing business that is sustainable for you because it jives with who you are as a person, who you are as a performer. And so that's, that's something that I'm passionate about helping other independent creators with because it's totally... It's one of the most important things to your success online. There's so much noise. There's so many things going on. You need to stand out and have a a solid handle on what your business is, what you what you do, for people to fall in love with you and be a fan. They can't be a fan of you if you don't have an established identity.
2: Mm. So it sounds like you learned some of this the hard way. You know, it's like trial oh, and error. Yeah. So what are some of like the now that you look back, some of the fuck ups where you're like, I can't believe I did that or.
3: Well, my <laughs> my stance towards social media has definitely matured. That's the most <laughs> charitable way I have of saying that I used to be kind of a crazy bitch and, and <laughs> vent a lot on Twitter and stuff like that. I have since learned to channel those energies more effectively. But it, it really has to do with the fact that people are not there to necessarily hear every bit of personal drama that you're going through in your life. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I'm not saying be fake with your followers, but it's keeping a lot of the personal negativity out of that sphere because it's only going to slow you down. And, and at the end of the day, most of the problems that one would bitch about on Twitter, you're making it last forever by putting it on the internet when really in 24 hours, you give a damn anyway. Yeah. Um, that's a big, a big thing that I covered in my class was people need to, not bring personal problems and gripes and things into that space. It's perfectly fine to, you know, talk about things that you're passionate about or to um, have an opinion, but things like engaging too deeply in call out culture or vague booking other people in the industry, uh, generally starting drama. It's a,
2: it's a bad choice to make. Yeah. Like the social media cat fights kind of.
3: Yes. It gets you absolutely nowhere. It doesn't affect any useful change. And all it does is clutter up your timeline with things that you'll probably regret later and certainly aren't serving your bottom line. That is my number one piece of advice.
1: Hmm. You know, one recent thing that I saw you post uh, that I think is a very legitimate bitch um, is that recently you were a little bit sick and people were body shaming you for losing a little bit of weight. And that really struck home with me. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Oh well, this is like about a week or two ago. Yeah, I I put one solid post about it out there. Again, not delving too deep into the personal drama, if I can help it. But uh, I did find it unacceptable that I had lost about ten pounds because of norovirus and then associated things that, like complications afterwards. I had a hard time with it. Um, I have some chronic illnesses, and I, I have difficulty maintaining weight and body mass occasionally. Um, so yeah, people had been giving me a really hard time cause I dropped it very quickly. It was like in less than a month and I think it's, it's tremendously painful to face your fans when you're already feeling weakened by something like that. And the first things you hear back in front of the camera are that you look like shit and that you're disgusting because your face is thin. It, um, I don't know. I felt like I needed to address it, but I hope that I didn't come off as being not at all vindictive or overly negative towards my fans. I tried to just be realistic and and tell people, Hey, you're not being helpful. What you're saying is cruel.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was a definite legitimate bitch when you, and and I'm sorry if I use the word bitch like that, but it's just like when fans are coming at you (sighs) over something that obviously you can't help. And, you know, especially anything to do with like the body and losing a little bit of weight or even gaining a little bit of weight in either direction. Like, I, I don't understand why they think they have an opinion on to how you should look.
3: I think my attempt with that was to humanize the experience of what I was going through. My health is recovering now. Like, I'm I'm fine. I'm more or less Good. normal. But... It was just a really bad bout of norovirus followed by feeling like crap for a while afterwards. And then my travel schedule and work and blah, 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 blah. I think a lot of people on the other side of the screen do forget that we are human and we go through things. One of the things I didn't talk about in the midst of that was, you know, there was a a gap in my Snapchat posting while I couldn't keep fluids down, for example. Like nobody there was no reason why I should need to interact with my fans going through something like that. But people were still incredibly insensitive about it. You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to maintain a connection on the human side of things sometimes. um, Mm -hmm. In porn.
2: Yeah. I think. And I mean, it sounds like you, you have a good head on your shoulders about it and, you know, and, and even some of those things get troubling. Um, however, when you teach your classes or you, you know, counsel one-on-one people that are new in the industry, what kind of advice do you give to girls who do have a hard time separating like, hey, these people are being assholes to me on the internet. How can I compartmentalize that? Or how can I shut it off? Or, you know, how how do I separate the, hey, this is just the persona and these are just assholes with this is really like sinking down to my core.
3: My advice to people like that is if you really do struggle to the point where online comments and uh, maintaining a division between personal and professional life, if it's, if it's hurting your mental health to the degree that you, know, you notice and, and it's dragging you down and you absolutely can't make a clear distinction between what is part of your job and what isn't, and it's hurting your emotional health, walk away from the adult industry. It's not for you. And walk away from entertainment. I hate to say it, but there's no way to do this without setting boundaries. I mean, by all means, attempt to set boundaries first. But if it's really not working for someone, I would tell them that they should look for other types of employment because it's not worth losing your mind over this stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know,
3: if it's that unhealthy for you, then walk.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think that applies to so many people, you know, like you said, whether you're an adult, you might be an entertainer, you might be one of those, you know, micro influencers on Instagram or whatever, that sort of thing permeates so many of our lives where suddenly we're, we're front and center and, you know, targets for people's vitriol and comments or, you know, what their opinions. So that's good advice for everybody. So everyone listening, take heed.
3: So, yeah, that video I posted telling people to knock off at the comments, that was me establishing boundaries. An example, I think, of what, you know, uh, would be too far would be call-out culture, where I started posting people's names and inciting fans to, har- you know, white knight fans to harass the ones that I didn't like, for example. I've seen girls do that online. You know, really? Everybody, go harass this guy. It's uh, it's destructive. Aww. Yeah. And you know, I understand where they're coming from, the feeling of rage and powerlessness when sometimes confronted by anonymous um, attackers and dissenters. But, yeah, it's it's a tough thing for people to navigate, which is one of the reasons why I offer this kind of consultation to people. When I do consulting one-on-one with independent producers, one of the first things I talk to them about is setting healthy boundaries. Because if your mental health isn't straight, your business will suffer.
2: yeah. Very, very true. Very, very true. And do you find that, you know, because I think there there's this huge misconception amongst the civilians that are like, oh, well, you know, if I'm a little tight on money, I'm just going to get into porn. It's really easy. <laughs> I just have to like show my tits and be like, oh, daddy. And, you know, do you see a lot of people coming into it thinking that it's really easy and then being like smacked in the face with a rude awakening?
3: That is an interesting question. I mean, there's no shame in dipping your toe as a pro amateur, I would like to call them um, as a sort of part time gig. There's nothing that says if you do adult, you have to do it full time or you have to do an entire panoply of digital offerings the way someone like me does. Mm -hmm. You could just do camming or you could just do a premium Snapchat. There's nothing wrong with that per se. I find that people do come in with unrealistic expectations. I think they think it's going to be hard, but not necessarily in the ways that it ends up being. There's far more to the business aspect than people realize. And I think, I think a lot of, um, people who get into it, especially on a casual or semi pro-am level, or because they find themselves sort of not wanting to pick up another job and they have bills to pay, they, they really underestimate those aspects, and they're not seeing the kind of success that they dreamed of. And I, I do think that discourages a lot of people from pushing through that barrier too. I believe that anybody, if they put the work in, really, literally anybody, can make money in the adult industry if they put the work in to build up their business and communicate with their fans and and create something worth engaging with. If that mm-hmm. makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and so we'll, when you, oh, okay, sorry.
3: Some, some will be more successful than others, but I truly believe that anybody can, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people get held back by their own expectations of what the job's going to be like.
2: Mm. So when you say anybody, you're, you're literally talking people of any age, any body size, any ability, any gender, like, like, is there a niche for absolutely everybody?
3: Yes. And, you know, some people by virtue of an aspect of their looks or anatomy Or some, you know, some other feature of themselves—their voice, for example, or or their eyes, or their ginormous tits, or or whatever they've got. uh, Perfect feet. I mean, some people will make more money than others, but literally everyone has something that can be marketed erotically. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter whether you're old, young, a person of color, uh, you know, whatever your physical ability is. It's You sometimes have to get creative and you will be marketing to a niche, but I really do think it's doable to make Mm -hmm.
2: money. Yeah. Hey, did you know American sex podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio, or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private patreon feed so you're thinking about it you want to know more check out all the details at patreon.com slash american sex p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot slash american sex
1: so there there seemed to have been since about uh the time when all of the tube sites had come up that there was an explosion of custom videos. And I became aware of some of yours through a friend of mine, Lelu Uh She had uh, told me a little bit about yours and that's how I think I first saw power girl. And then I saw some of the other ones that you were doing. Now it's interesting that when we have all this free access to like a scenes that you had done like a few years back when you were doing more mainstream porn Um and there seems to have sort of, Uh, been a niche developed for more and more and more custom videos. And I think that's where I've seen you just blossom and take off. And I've just seen you getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger financially um, with all of this. Do you think any of that has to do with the, the tube sites and like too much free porn is accessible so that they have to sort of look for the niche and look for the fetish elsewhere?
3: Man, that's a really good question. I'm not sure what the relationship is between that and tube sites. What I can tell you, though, is there is a big difference between the the script, if you will, and the planning that goes into something created for a general audience Mm
2: -hmm. versus
3: something uh, financially backed by a single individual and, you know, created for that tiny audience within mainstream porn of which I kind of produce a few myself stuff that I consider blockbusters that everyone will like and buy. It really is sort of a lowest common denominator. You take fewer risks in terms of um, how unusual the erotic content might be or unpredictable. You keep the look of people's makeup and outfits and things like that very Standard. You adhere to cultural beauty standards more, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. You know, you try to find things that the most, the highest number of people will approve of while still potentially uh, giving a nod or two towards a couple of fetishes. Uh, Whereas something for a custom video, some of them are so out there. I don't know how (laughs) these people got, and this is not a condemnation, but I'm amazed at the depths of their imagination and the incredible detail with which some of these people have planned out elaborate multi-act fantasies down to down to the last minutia of costuming and dialogue. Um, some of them end up being really popular with the general audience as well. But I think the custom video thing comes from a sort of cultural fatigue with... Um, general audience stuff it's all really formulaic yeah oh yeah it's cookie cutter
2: it's it it can be it can
3: be it takes a deft hand to make something stand out and still have it be created for the largest possible audience for the largest possible financial return this Mm -hmm. is what i've noticed at least um and i think maybe because of the tube sites people are blown out on that kind of content it's no longer uh shocking and interesting in the way that Deeply erotic material needs to be, so people want to see something more personal acted out. And I think I think a lot of people actually do detest the formulaic
2: stuff. Um, I know I do. Yeah, I'm so tired of it's it. It's funny
1: because I've been I've been assisting some some other adult stars uh, catalog some of their customs and literally have watched thousands of hours of different customs and. The biggest thing I think that surprised me was just like the one or two people that have these uber specific scripts that are just so over the top with just like specification. And it's not even something particularly like move your foot one inch to the left while you have a Cuban heeled stocking that must be misaligned by no less than three centimeters.
2: And you're holding mayonnaise in and your left hand. You're holding mayonnaise like.
1: in your left hand. <laughs> you, yeah. Like, are, you getting those, like, are you getting those? And are you also getting some of the customs that are completely mundane? Like you just sit there and stare into a camera for three minutes with your clothes on and don't say anything?
3: I get the super specific ones. I get the seemingly mundane ones. Though with those, I have learned to appreciate the depths and nuances of fetishes I previously was unaware of. Um, For example, staring, uh, funny faces, um, laying there immobile, like freeze fetish and things like that. I always try to understand Ah. why this seemingly mundane thing is erotic for someone. And I like to think it improves the quality of my work but you know what my favorite customs are my what? absolute dead on favorite when someone gives me a nice slice of budget and tells me make whatever you want. And it's uh. only happened like twice in my entire <laughs> oh. career. <laughs> just, just do a joy, whatever you want. Wow. And I've done some of my most amazing work. I, I, I bless those people. It's so wait, much fun as a creative.
1: Um, American fuckers, please get together ten to twenty thousand dollars. Send them to Larkin Love and just let her do her thing. And oh, I'll it promise doesn't even
3: <laughs> it doesn't even take that much necessarily. But my God, if you have it to spend, the, the smut <laughs> I can make you. <laughs> The smut I can make you. Oh, I would. I would I love be a millionaire to see what, right now. Yeah, exactly. It. Exactly. Why can I be rich?
2: So <laughs> one of the things that I learned about you is, as I was, I was doing my research. Such hard work I do, you know, doing my research, watching your videos, and some of them are really creative and inventive. There was like an alien impregnation, like you were. Yes, that to, was one of the ones where they gave me budget. <laughs> are you
3: serious? Kidding? Yes,
1: the one with the I, glowy light.
2: Yes, we built a
3: spaceship <laughs> out of That set was Hue- amazing. Dude, do you know what that was? That was a bunch of porno Japanese screens. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, totally. you order from Amazon? yeah, A bunch of Hue lights, a program <laughs> for the phone that had the Hue lights going. <laughs>
2: oh my uh, God.
3: A whole bunch of wardrobe pieces that I sourced and put together. It wasn't a huge budget. It was just like a couple hundred bucks. But then I found the soundtrack that goes with it. The movie is called For Everyone at Home, Epic Space Wank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's available on Pornhub right now, I believe. like the, It is. Or a, I put clip, it a out. clip of it, right?
3: No, it's the whole or thing. Or the whole thing? I put it out for everybody. It, it had been on the market for a couple of years, and um, I felt like it was something that the world needed to enjoy because I actually was so proud of it from an artistic standpoint. <laughs> and so what this guy had said was, make a JOI where uh, the viewer has to come on your tits and do do whatever you want. So I did it with this alien who is on a ship um, leaving a dying world and the only way to repopulate, you know, is to get semen from the viewer who is an astronaut and has found the distress (laughs) signal of this ship where there's only one alien left. And, you know, the alien looks humanoid, but in order to impregnate her, you have to come on her upper thorax, (laughs) otherwise known as her tits. So it's... And it's called Epic Space Wank because I found this um, <laughs> this royalty-free soundtrack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it actually goes really well with the video.
3: I know, dude. I don't know how I pulled that all off because it's mostly one take. Um,
1: Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> that's, okay, American fuckers, those of you not in the industry, that's damn near impossible to do. If you watch the video and then you think about it going in like the majority of it in one take, fucking amazing.
3: I I think it's almost 20 minutes if I... It's long. Yeah,
2: Yeah. And you, like, you're a big improver, right? Like, you like to improv your stuff. Am I correct?
3: I never work from a script if I can help it. I will avoid a script at all costs. Everything I do, uh, dialogue-wise, all these solo videos where I stand there and I talk to the camera for 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes, all of my femdom stuff... Every character I've ever played, I do not use a script.
2: Damn. Wow.
3: Ever. I just extemporaneously, I think about the character for a second and I go, I don't know how I found my superpower apparently, but I do terribly when I have a script, generally speaking. And, but all the other characters that I play, I do with no script.
2: That's amazing.
1: No rehearsal. Especially with the body of work that you have. And then you're, the thing is, you're consistently good. Yeah. So it's whatever you're doing, it's working.
2: So I want to loop back to Alien Wank Guy. So when he was like, (laughs) hey, here's a bunch of money or, you know, uh, enough money uh, and make this video, you know, jerk off instruction, do whatever you want. I'm sure he was not expecting to get back this like alien extravaganza. So did he have a reaction? Like, what was it?
3: He was shocked in a positive way, but I think he was also completely just blindsided by the level of um, way out there creativity that I threw at him.
1: Um,
3: I have another example of a JOI that I, some guy just not the same guy, but a different guy threw me money randomly. Um, It's also available on Pornhub because I love the artistic direction in it. It's called Kitsune Seduction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People are really surprised by the stuff that I put out. But seriously, just give me a small budget and let me go. Like, Give me me a couple general parameters and I'll make something that completely blows your mind.
2: So wait, this is one I didn't see. Give me the brief synopsis.
3: Um, A kitsune is a... uh, spirit in japanese mythology uh that can take the form of a fox or a woman and they have a habit in lore of seducing it's it's like a a riff on the succubus
2: yeah like a like a fox succubus kind of
3: yeah like a fox girl like an an i look like an anime fox girl and i'm seducing the viewer to come away with me into the spirit world. And the whole thing is like, you don't want to be seduced because then you'll be her slave essentially. Ah. But it's not quite femdomy. It's, it's very, uh, it's a riff on the whole siren succubus type of thing.
2: I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the lore, but now I'm picturing um, from Pokemon an Eevee being all sexy and sort of like an Eevee and being, it's it's, okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, It's really not far from that. (laughs) I'm looking at the, at the trailer right now, it's not <laughs> that, by an Eevee, <laughs> not that dissimilar Eevee with great tits.
2: Ooh. Okay. Wait, what's the evolution of the Eevee? The really pretty one. Um, with the, all the tails, what is it? Uh, oh, my Pokemon is like out of my brain.
1: I, I want to say a Voluptorix, but that's,
2: <gasps> no, it's a, vo- vo- <laughs> what is it? A, vo- a I don't know. Yes, that's it. I think it is. it a yes. Vulpix? Yes, I don't it's know. It's a Vulpix. Yes. Yeah. So one of those, because, yeah. a voluptrix is is me i guess
3: <laughs> i was just gonna say that's that's <laughs> okay. just what i'm thinking. All right i'm looking at a poster gonna, of a coop
1: devil girl I'm right gonna, now and I'm I'm i want to get up. some money together yeah. to do something with her as satan dressed as a coop devil girl
2: i want to dig it like you and me cam we'll pull your money or pull,
1: pull your money <laughs> no, that was yeah, subconscious yeah, no, yeah your money married, all your money and
3: <laughs> you know and coop and i do photos sometimes
1: shut the front door
3: <gasps> i love him he's amazing
1: shut the front door oh my goodness can I buy some of those pictures (laughs) where are they for sale please
3: you know I haven't actually even released them from our latest photo shoot uh, but I'll just like give them to you if you want
2: (laughs) Yes, you you just killed my husband he had a heart attack (laughs) Oh, my God. No, but I I want to pool money together, you, all of your money together, and uh, commission a voluptuix. uh Yeah. Like, make a whole character. That would be awesome. So, yeah. I would love to see what you I, would do I, I, with it. I that. would, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got here. How do we get here? Oh, my God. Um, so. Degeneracy. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So what is on the horizon? What Do you have any new ideas, new stuff coming up, new interesting, bizarre out there customs that we're totally entranced with?
3: Ooh, okay. So one of the things I'm really stoked for this year is the return of Power Girl. My original oh. costume got all kinds of fucked up during a cross country move. Oh no. I know.
1: White liquid or is it the white spandex?
3: It's it was white liquid metal spandex which uh. picks up dye and colors from everything and something got all over it turned it black and blotchy. But what I did, finally this year I had the budget. I I spent my cosplay budget on it. I had the costume completely remade and revamped to improve the design. It looks Ooh. better than ever it's absolutely freaking stunning full set of new accessories and everything and so if you liked the old power girl stuff you're going to love the new stuff plus i have a 4k camera now and a better set and wait for it my partner my fiance slash business partner is going to play lex Luthor. and if you don't uh. know what he looks like He's uh, a buff British dude with a shaved head and big blue eyes.
2: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So when when and where? Tell us that now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or approximately.
3: Well, approximately. (laughs) It will definitely be released in time for my month long Halloween celebration. Part of that is the sales, but part of it is also releasing as much cosplay content as I humanly can. Um, This past year, I think it was 12 or 13 new cosplay videos came out in October and people were just loving it. I was adoring it. I was camming in the costumes too. but my my absolute promise to my fans is that I will have Lex Luthor versus Power Girl Hardcore available through my various options of clip stores and uh, membership site in time for Larkoween this year. So, Lark-a-ween. so my
1: birthday is the day before yours. So Sonny, you know what I need for my birthday yes, now. I, that will and be I really hope that there's present. a kryptonite dildo involved in there someplace.
3: We have thought through a couple of <laughs> scenarios. Um, technically, Power Girl is not weak to kryptonite, but oh, I'm not right. going to sit here and pick
1: over details. She, shes That's right. I should know better.
3: <sighs> I'm that bitch now. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I was wrong. I, I should know better because I'm a DC guy. Um.
2: Well, yeah. you know, details, whatever. Just overlook that little bit. <laughs> there could be some
3: fun green rope bondage or something that goes on. We'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, if you want to see Power Girl get railed and do some titty fucking and just amazing hardcore action with Lex Luthor, the forbidden love, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be hot. Uh, that's that's definitely my favorite thing I've got planned this year. Uh, let me see. Oh, I bought a green screen.
1: Oh, finally.
3: And I am not good with it yet, (laughs) but my hope is that before the end of the year, I can start doing some more enhancements to my role plays and cosplays and other things like that by dropping in some backgrounds and do that in a, a quick, easy, fun sort of way. Um, so yeah, I'm always learning new skills. Let's see. I've been doing more on location shooting. Um, my fans know that I travel a lot and I always try to shoot stuff in whatever country I go to. Like I have a video of me doing public nude tit play at the blue lagoon in Iceland. That was from (gasps) last year. What? Don't ask me how we pulled that off. (laughs) Um, yeah, that was really risky. Wow. Um,
2: Well, kudos to you. That's a that's a feat, that is for sure.
1: Thank so you. So let me ask you a question. Where can we find you both for subscription-based services and if we wanted to buy one off? So then where can we find you sort of in general on the internet?
3: So the hub of all activity for me, because Instagram is a pig and keeps kicking me off, yep. is going to be Twitter. You wanna to go to my Twitter, and I actually have two accounts. One is a safe for work placeholder where I, I do put announcements, but that's not where the real action's at. It's just it's just to sort of keep me from being totally shadow banned. What you really want is the XXX one, and that is Larkin Love XXX at Larkin Love XXX L um, A R K I N L O V E XXX. Every announcement that I put about everything ever always makes it there, and that's where you'll hear it first. So definitely follow me there and check in with there. If you want one off videos, the best place to get them currently is on my many vids. I'm almost always in the top 10 of girls there, but just in case I'm not and a little more difficult to find for some reason, um, that is larkinlove.manyvids.com. And then if you want, membership which gives you access to all of my videos for streaming plus discount downloads the downloads are only 3.99 and some of these things retail for like over 30 bucks mm. okay some of these are really long videos some of them are pushing an hour long you can oh, get them wow. you can get them for 3.99 each or watch them all you get to try before you buy with a membership to larkandlove.com that's so
2: awesome
3: nice i wish i could just let my fans that subscribe download all of them, but when I allowed that, I kept finding site rips.
2: Yeah, oh. big
3: big bummer.
2: Piracy so is
3: bad. Yeah, they are. They do cost three ninety nine download, but they are unlimited. You can get as many of them for that price as you want. And if you're going to get multiple videos, I have to say it's the most cost effective way to stock up. Awesome. So. And,
1: and if you're going to bitch about a video that's less than a cappuccino, um, something's wrong with you.
3: Yeah, considering you can watch them all first and see if you like it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Nice. And for American fuckers listening along who are like, I can't write all that down, don't worry. As always, all of these links and more will be in our show notes for this episode at AmericanSexPodcast.com.
1: And I am now going to go turn into a pile of goo. Lurkin Love, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the show today. I, I wish you could see how beat red I am and how, Im- like, I'm just, I'm... You are. You're, you're giddy. Sweet. You're like a giddy little fanboy. It's so cute. I love and it. And I work with porn stars every single fucking day. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I shouldn't be this way, but you, you turned me into this. So... Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm an asshole. Oh my God.
3: I am grinning from ear to ear because I'll just say this really quickly in my head. I am still the, you know, punk girl with a camera trying to make her way through this on her own that I was what eight years ago. And I, I don't think of myself that way. I don't think of myself as like famous or special or anything. So when you tell me that I am blushing my fucking tits off right now. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh,
1: fuck.
2: (laughs) Ken's like, no, wait, not your tits. No. (laughs) Uh, They'll stay (laughs) on one way or the other. All right. Okay.
3: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you, too. I I appreciate
2: it. Oh,
0: Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Stimulated by sexual pleasure and sexual politics... Sex Out Loud, hosted by me, Tristan Terramino, is the go-to show to get an insider's perspective from leaders in the LGBTQ community, the adult industry, and the sex-positive world. Hear from artists like Janet Mock, Bridget Everett, Kate Bornstein, and Shine Louise Houston. Experts Emily Nagoski and Chris Donahue. Activists like Jessica Valenti, Connor Habib, and Soraya Kamali. And icons, Margaret Cho and Dr. Joycelyn Elders. Sex education, social justice, gender, kink, feminism, sex work, non-monogamy, porn. If it's on your mind or in your feed, we're talking about it. Plus, we're committed to showcasing underrepresented voices you won't hear in mainstream media. Listen every Friday live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com or subscribe to the podcast.
2: I'm the super social one. So you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag side That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.